No My Haramai to the Faku podcast, which invites you and people from all walks of life to converse about various access to equity within the context of Aotearoa. We invite our beautiful guests today to share their lived experiences in an effort to identify common threads within support systems, social networks, and knowledge that uplifts the collective human experience. Kelsey, what's up? This season, we are exploring what does equity and knowledge look like for various communities coexisting within one society. As Tauiwi and Aotearoa, we recognise the mana whenua and kaitiaki of these lands. Malusu and I ex- have experienced most of our growth in the Waikato and want to honour Ngāti Hauwa, Ngāti Mahana and Ngāti Wairere. We are grateful for hey, the hey. connections our whakapapa weave through for us to be able to connect and grow with community through the Whāku Kaupapa. Malusu and I would also like to honour our queer ancestors who have fought for our rights and visibilities as equitable citizens of the world. Kia ora, my name is Kelsey and I use they them pronouns. Noa ngā tata koa o tō asa Maluseo Joseph Tolani Monisi, ma ngō identify as he, him. So hello everybody, um, my name is Maluseo Joseph Tolani Monisi and um, people call me and identify me as he, him and they, them and she, her and I'm comfortable with all of them. Um, but today we're especially wanting you to get to know our special guests. So we're just going to hand it over to you. Who are you and what are your pronouns and then anything that you want us to know about you. Malalele, ko hoko hingoa, ko Amelia Takataka, o ko lele mai me nukuleka, ko lomotua, ko lofo'o, le matua, pia mo niwa toktapu. Malalele, everyone. My name is Amelia Takataka, born and raised here in Waikato, Kirikiru, oh, Waikato. It's a privilege to be a part of the space. My pronouns, she and her, and I would say just to add, um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a privilege and a blessing to be amongst your beautiful presence. Mahalo. <laughs> so cute. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Whakapapa back. Um, us back. Um, Amalia, um, how do we know each other? How are you connected to the Whakapapa Kaupapa or otherwise to Kelsey and me? Oh. Okay, guys, so back in the days, let's take it back maybe like 10 plus years ago, I met this little cutie um, who used to come into the store that I used to work at, Foot Locker, in Hamilton. So this is back in the days, early 2000s, when Foot Locker used to be in um, Centre Place. And this little cutie, his name was Joseph Monise, and um, he was, yeah, he got the nicest shoes, so his mum beautiful bless her would buy him like nice shoes and that's how we connected was just him um you know shopping with his mom but it built a connection from that point because I got to see you grow up um from as a as a kid to high school to tertiary level to where you're at now so it's a blessing um Kelsey um we cross paths so I work for the ministry for social development and from what I can remember, it was that time you came into the Working Income Office and did a seminar for mm-hmm. our rangatahi, mm-hmm. was it? Or for our client? Yeah, okay. Yes, so you were, um, you facilitated a session um, about Wintech. Is that right? Promoting Wintech. Yes. And yeah, that's how Kelsey and I um, <laughs> crossed paths. Oh, I didn't see so that. I didn't be, hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was probably around three years ago. 
Yeah, and it's just it, interesting yeah. how life has taken us to different places and spaces, and and now that we're here, mm. wow, <laughs> hard, hard, yeah. hard. That's how we we became connected. Mm. Yeah, Kill and me. I just so so I want to take this opportunity, Kelsey, if you wanted to offer some some of your first initial thoughts when you um when you were in proximity to Amalia. Oh um, yes, because I feel like for me, <laughs> I I definitely have my own as well. So I just wanted to offer that, Kels. So I was like I think that presentation was probably one of the first that I'd done on my own and I was shitting mm. myself <laughs> <laughs> because like young people are so smart and like so intelligent and they can rip you to shreds real easy <laughs> um so I was but shitting myself so well. of going in there and, and having this talk with these rangatahi but um, Amelia was there and she just made me feel so comfortable and gave me like a cup of tea and a biscuit <laughs> and it was so nice and you made me just feel like <laughs> so comfortable and that I was you know that I was capable to do what I was there to do so I was yeah really grateful for you for that and I don't think that you knew that it was my one of my first presentations but yeah I was no. just really grateful for you in that moment no I didn't yeah and I'd never oh. met you before then but you were just so kind. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, universe, for putting oh. this person in my in my place today. It was amazing. Oh. Yeah. Mm, love that. I'm loving you two's wow. connection there. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah. So I guess for me, um, I really, really appreciated um, having someone that's visibly Pacific Islander um, but specifically someone that was Tongan um, working in a space like that because I feel so uncomfortable. I used to feel so uncomfortable going into to, to retail stores and especially because I look like this and the sizes are not really catered to me or the sizes like I feel like I'm too scared to even ask for bigger sizes. So to me to have someone who not only looked like me but also embodied the the servant leadership and the servant, um, the like just the stewardship that that you would you would carry, and I I don't think that you knew how much it meant for me, but for I just wanted to just give back that 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 was everything. That was everything for someone who was still discovering themselves, someone who was still trying to understand there was their place in the world, and specifically, we just migrated from like so. Like when people say that they're fresh, I'm like, I migrated from Rotuma, like Rotuma, Rotuma. I wasn't, like, I wasn't one of those people that came to, to 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 Fiji and knew what like the English environment is and whatnot. I came straight from the islands, mm. and seeing you was like to me, it was like seeing an angel because, like, girl, you are so beautiful, like on the inside <laughs> and on the outside. And for me, I'm like, oh my god. Um, and I used like I used to tell my mom all the time, I'm like, sorry, she's so pretty. And I like, and I, I only wish that you would like I would say it to you, but back then I was like, oh, okay, well, this is awkward. I don't really know who you are. And, like we don't really mess with each other like that. But I used to be like, damn, she is so pretty. She's just so Hello. pretty. And I just wanted to make sure that you understand how much that is. Like you just being in places and spaces is so inspirational. And I like if mm. if you don't know that, I I'm ha I'll happily remind you of that any day mm. because it's Thank just you. it's the way you be. And, I, and, 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 and that's something that's so beautiful because we need people to start behaving from their values. And that's mm. what you do. And I, I feel like Kelsey spoke to that 
um, in terms of how you disarmed um, Kelsey as well as um, the, the rangatahi that's in front of Kelsey as well. So mm. to me, I'm glad that other people have stories that echo the same sentiments as mine. And it's just like, to me, I'm really, really happy to know that this is who I, I know. And this is, this is who I get to call my sister, my friend, and someone that I look up to as a leader always. Like mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, I know that other people would love to talk about leaders as being outside of their proximity, but I'm like, I have leaders that are this close to me. And that's what I'm like, when we looked at the FAQ, um, potential list for season two, like, I'm like, I mm. know a leader. I know someone right, right near me, really close. Yeah. And Kelsey was not, Kelsey was like, done. There wasn't even yeah. like we had to, we had to argue about it. It was like, done. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Thanks for coming and sharing yourself with us. Oh, thank you for sharing yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just thank you. Oh, Kilda. We're, obviously this season we're exploring knowledge and we understand that knowledge is one of those words that everybody uses but can easily talk mm. past one another on. So we're curious to start off, like, what is knowledge to you? What does that word knowledge mean for you? Uh, good question. Quite deep because, yeah, like you said, um, people can interpret it in different ways. Mm. Um, for myself, I would say knowledge is information and it can be lived experiences or um Mm. can be lessons that we learn as well. Um, we gain knowledge from that. It can be, I, I would just say information for, for me, that that can be passed down from generations or be given at that present moment in time. Knowledge is everywhere. Um, and as a Pacifica, how we exchange knowledge is through talanoa, um, through group gatherings, whanos, and the elders speaking to the young, the young learning, and then either learning like through word of mouth, and it gets embedded into, weaved into their minds, um, or their heart, or the, just through seeing. Um, hmm, yeah. So for me, knowledge is that as well as um, lived experiences that we've been through we we go through life and um, learn lessons along the way mm. yeah um, can I also ask because you, you you brought out some beautiful points and you said information and like and and then the, like I, I also heard the intergenerational exchange between elders and youngers um, youngers <laughs> Young. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm also very interested to know, like, specifically, um, how has knowledge empowered you? Like, how has knowledge made you, uh, has, has, like, how has knowledge empowered you or how has knowledge informed you about who you are now? Mm. Ah, thank you for asking that because that's got me thinking to my upbringing. Go there. And... So both my parents, they migrated from the islands to Hamilton. They actually met in Kirikiriroa. Oh. Yeah, so like, 
I don't know if you guys know that the Tongan word for dancing is tawalunga or tawalunga. Mm. And my mom, she was a very good tawalunga. Um, tahine. I don't, I'm not blessed with that gift. I'm blessed with other gifts, but Thank I wish you. I was. Thank you. <laughs> but hopefully my nieces will be, oh, they'll probably be blessed with that gift. But my father, he fell in love with her and then decided, yeah, I'm going to court this lady. Both of them grew up with quite conservative traditional values and beliefs and they brought that to New Zealand they brought that to our home and that's how my brother and I grew up was being raised in a traditional um, strong Tongan um, house where we were taught I would say religion that Christianity would weigh more than like culture to some extent like our bedtime stories were biblical stories in the Tongan language um, mm. so I, I got to learn um, even though I was born and raised in New Zealand my first language was Tongan because that's all my, my parents had spoken I went to a Tongan um, kindergarten Ngahawe Fa um, are, are still in Hamilton over in Frankton so my auntie Emma Bourne she runs that kindergarten um, but yeah, my parents, they conversed in Tongan language and they taught my brother and I values, um, like Christian values, um, cultural values to be good people. Um, they played, that was important for my parents' character. We had humble beginnings, didn't have much. However, character was more important than wealth, but for them, like, you know, monetary wealth is about learning how to be respectful to others. And for me, I thought that's natural common sense growing up. No, it's not in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> but, that was yeah. the, boy, was I wrong? Boy, was I wrong? Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, I learned when I got into the world, it's like, well, people um, aren't taught that. And um, it's a learning journey, you know? <laughs> But I'm grateful for the things that I learned through my parents. Um, my grandfather, his name's Takataka. So my surname is Takataka. Um, his name's Takataka. And he used to be very tough on me. Like at church, we get given tasks to like say, read the hymn or read the Bible in Tongan language. And I didn't know like in the Tongan way of um, learning, you has, there's like a rhythm. Or they call it laukemita when you when you speak in the Tongan language. So I used to get, um, you know, the not dismiss but growlings. Oh, that's probably dismiss. <laughs> um, learning the Tongan language, and then what, what that like at those points I used to dislike learning Tongan. Like there was that as a kid. Um, I didn't feel good enough because I'll go back to school, learn English, and then I got confused. There's two different knowledges mm -hmm. that I'm learning. There's my cultural, traditional um, knowledge through, at home. And then when I go to school, I'm learning about the Western knowledge. And so coming at home, it would clash because my parents would be like, why are you speaking in English? You need to speak in Tongan. And I'm like... <gasps> But I just learned all these words in English <laughs> at school. like mm. So I had to learn that bilingual journey. Um, I had to create my own identity, identity, I guess, because there weren't many people 
they're a Pacific in my primary school. At one point I thought I was Māori because uh, most of the brown people in my school were Māori. So yeah, you just go through different, um, like, and going back to knowledge, yeah, you just learn different things along the way and that and that generational, yeah, going back to what you're asking about generational knowledge and exchange, I acknowledge um, the teachings that I got from my parents, but also am open-minded as well that there, there are also some other better ways to exchange knowledge if that makes sense like for, mm. for a young person not to want to not be of that culture like for me there came a point when I was young I didn't want to be Tongan because it was forced upon and I felt it, it felt heavy like learning English and Tongan yeah I'm so, I'm so glad through. that you can I'm so glad that you can voice that and I just really want to honor you in voicing that because I guess in my journey alongside this conversation um there's a period of grief and mourning that that that, mm. that, that, that that's attached to this and I just really I'm really glad that I can hear that you've you've you're you're able to voice this this experience and I feel like that's such a beautiful thing because I was just tech like I was just tackling this conversation, or not tackling, probably sharing this conversation and this vocado around if you're a you're a Pacific Islander in the diaspora, mm. it, if it feels like work, you're probably not going to be interested in learning your culture. Mm. And it, like, and and especially if you're learning it in an environment where visibility. So going back to what I was saying to you around, it was great to see you in in in, mm. in a retail space. If you're not seeing these like the perks and the immediate perks at, at that the immediate perks of learning your culture and embodying your cultural values and, and learning all of these things it feels like work because it's like double shifts like i'm mm. i'm having to struggle to learn all of these things in school and then i have to go and struggle to learn all of these things in my weekends at church or at in my cultural events and i'm like okay mm. well where do i win yeah yeah like where do i breathe <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm always in the learning cycle and I'm like, can I just be me? <laughs> like, yes. But that's my experience. I'm wondering how close that is in proximity to you. Yeah, the breathing part hit me because I felt like I had nowhere to go to like share how I felt. I thought that I just had to carry it, suck it up. Because if I were to share it, like in a, in a Pacifica context, you never question your elders. That's just... Um, how it is or else you'll get the <laughs> the thai and that's something that you know I, I see why they do <laughs> I see why they discipline <laughs> but then it's something that needs to be um, like a space to open and create safety around for the kids to just be curious and ask questions so they can learn and understand otherwise um, if if it's if it seems like a challenge like that elders may be not defensive but they may think that we're questioning their wisdom then that there's that clash and then that can hold a young person from their growth to wanting to embrace their identity um such as myself so yeah that that snippet of my journey as a young person um caused like and 
it was quite difficult for me to navigate like maybe puberty and um, being a teen and then fast forward I would say in my 20s that's when I learned you know what I have to learn my culture for my people um, my language and yeah that's another story but yeah it's yeah it's, it's it's beautiful that you can share that now and I know that and I also hold space for the journey to this moment so that you can share because um yeah there is well I I had I felt like there was a there was a massive sense of loneliness and mm. um just I guess to me that that built a built that yearning to be seen and heard and um when teachers and, sh- and 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 primary like when i was in high school in primary school when the teachers would be like um he's disruptive in class and i'm like um my classroom was my playground mm. it was your learning environment it was my playground because mm. i got to discover who i was in class as opposed to discover who who i was at home yes and it's like, you know, if that, that, there's, there's so many silencing mechanisms, but in my head, I'm like, um, I couldn't act the fool at home because your ass was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, exactly. Like at home, mm, the expectations of like apparent, or parents that hold traditional values in the modern day Aotearoa um, they don't see that what um, it can do for a young person. So I've had these conversations with um, my generational, like we call them the OG Hamiltonians. <laughs> Love. We have Love. ongoing. Hamiltonians, <laughs> have... let's go. <laughs> yes, the Blueberry Kids. So we grew up humble beginnings, primary school, intermediate. I never had a summer holiday um we had it at the um orchards picking berries to help our parents to support our education um help out with the finances around the home and all that but like with with my generation when we talk about it we're like far out that was really tough as a young person but what that taught us was resilience um hard work but also um it made us, like, yes, we hated it. Like, I wanted to be like the Balangi kids where they can just enjoy summer, go to the beaches and, you know, come back with a story in January when we go, or February, when we talk about the highlights of our summer holidays. It came to a point where I lied and said, my my uncle, I went and stayed at my uncle's farm. It was fun being in the bushes. But really, I was picking berries. <laughs> in the hot sun, drinking water from a container that was warmed up, you know? Like, that was just a natural thing for us kids, um, us Tongan kids, uh, like, in the community. I don't know if many people know that. Um, Up until I was around the age of 15, I was like, nah, I have to find work. I don't want to go and pick berries. So, yeah, that led to, um, yeah, I've always worked, to be quite honest, because I thought, Helping up my family was important and moved on to Foot Locker after that. But you know what, um, Malusel, I didn't think I was good enough to get that position there. Um, it was my friend Candy. She's like, just give it a go. And I didn't, 
yeah, I didn't think I was good enough. But when I came to that interview, I was just being myself. Mm. And that's how, yeah, it, it was, I think it was just me to be for us to cross paths. Mm. Mm. Like I said, it's Sorry. how you be. It's how you be. Yeah, no, how you be exactly. will attract the, the right um, spaces and places for you to be in. And that's what I've learned in, in this journey of life. If, if you get rejected of like something or if an adversity comes along your path, it's not meant to be, but something greater will come. I truly believe that. And I see that in like life journey for me and for others too. Yeah. Hard. Um, I also wonder as well, what is, cause you, you've shared a lot of your personal stories and I really love that. And how, how does the, how does that, become knowledge for you or do you reckon that that transfers into information or knowledge for you mm. yeah yeah for me it's can i ask what do you find the difference between information and knowledge because i'm just trying to think of how can i interpret that as knowledge for me so mm. no yeah beautiful um, Kelsey, do you want to um, jump in there or? Uh, some of the, like from community, some of the conversations that we've been having is that information is something that is absorbed to become knowledge mm. and then turns into wisdom when it's put in action. So that's the kind of the conversation from community through this Kaupapa that we're finding information to knowledge to wisdom. So absorption mm. to action. Um, yeah. But it's totally open to interpretation. Yes. Well, I'm curious, what do you think the difference is between information and knowledge? Um, I think that clearly articulates, yeah, I go with what the communities say in terms <laughs> of the absorption of it. Yeah. Um, information, lived experiences. Um, I like that simplified model. Well, I don't know if it's a model, but like interpretation of um, information and knowledge um, and turning into wisdom. Yes. Um, mm. I also want to just to back up um, what you were saying before around knowledge is everywhere. So to me, if like we just have different names for what knowledge is. So mm. information is just a, like to me, it's it's just another way to say knowledge. But like, you know, yeah. when we when we put it in a different structure, like when it's in a structure of an organization or research, oh, we need to we need to actually be specific around what is knowledge and what is information. But what you said earlier before in your um in your shares was that knowledge is everywhere. And I just want to uplift that as well in this yes. moment. Yes. And yeah. I yes, I would I would I would also like, you know, wonder if if you would stretch that to knowledge is everything, because you said mm. knowledge is everywhere, but would you say also like what are your thoughts? Yeah, knowledge, thank you for bringing that to light. Um, knowledge is, yeah, I, I would say too that knowledge is everything as well. Like what we see, what we feel, what we hear, we can um, learn from from that and that becomes a, a knowledge that we absorb or, yeah, and then, so moving on from that, would you say that you're more of a knowledge keeper or a knowledge sharer? Mm. Okay. I have been, I would say, a knowledge keeper in the past, 
that slowly I'm finding my voice to be a knowledge sharer because I've learned the importance of sharing knowledge to empower others or to um, help understand perhaps um, a lack if people don't understand, say, culture. Um, I will share my knowledge, but prior, because I didn't feel confident in myself, I would keep it. But not me today. <laughs> I, that's part of maturity, and I guess that's the, the way that my life has progressed from the old version of me to where I'm at today. Um, mm, and it hasn't been easy. But getting out of the easy or the comfort zone, other girls, I would say, or other Pacifica or other Māori that I've in, connected with or other Tauiwi have, yeah, found value. And that's helps to enrich the Palanoa to make it Malia, Mafana. So Malia is um, like humorous or not humorous, not only humorous, but like warmth, that mafana, that warmth, like building that common understanding, that trust, that rapport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loving that. Love your shares. Um, I'm also interested when you're saying um, knowledge like that you keep, um, I'm curious as to see which knowledge, where, where, where do you hold your knowledge? So like when you're saying you're keeping your knowledge, which knowledge, where do you hold this knowledge? Do you hold it in your body and your soul and your heart? Where are you holding this body, um, this, these knowledges? Where do they have a home for you? Yes. Uh, in my soul, like in my heart, in my mind, but also in my journals. So I like to write randomly and just reflect and think about like how I'm feeling today, reflecting back on the past. Mm. And then that will extend to other thoughts. So that's like a source of knowledge on a piece of paper. Um, mm. And then, yeah, in my heart, I, I carry like lived experience, like in my heart, my soul, my being, from what I've been seeing and hearing and living. Mm. Love. Can you expand a little bit further around the knowledge in your heart? Because in my head, I'm like, I love, I love the knowledge that's in my heart. But what knowledge do you lead from your heart? So, like, if if, if knowledge, if these these, let's say, there's heaps of knowledge that's in your heart, what not mm. like what's at the front of that queue? You know, of being like, these are the different knowledges mm. that I lead with. Yeah, lead with my heart or knowledge from my heart. That's from um, a space and place of like receiving, like receiving love um, from others. And also not only receiving, receiving, but seeing, um, say, like injustice, people that are vulnerable or at risk and then wanting that, that compassion comes from the heart for them. So um learning from the heart is finding like a restorative um it's like a um i don't know how to explain it but offer 
take your time take your time yeah offers just a it's, a it's just a good place of kindness and wanting to like better the situation or help or support what is needed um, at that place in time but I see love like from like my aunties um, my grandpas and that's helps to mold the shape of it to look a certain way to <laughs> go out and yeah I can't really give you a <laughs> um answer but that's what i've come up with mm. and what does that feel like in your body when you're experiencing that what does I that feel, feel like mm. it feels uh like what's the word like um it feels like i'm at peace because it's sharing sharing love but also like it feels good like kind but there's good feelings i don't know how to elaborate but yeah <laughs> it feels good yeah um and, and that gives me peace like i don't mm. feel good if i'm not at peace um with giving mm. love mm. i don't know if that makes sense but yeah yeah it does <laughs> um I've heard like throughout your kururo you spoke a lot about the knowledge that you have acquired from like your whanau and from community and stuff that you've held inherently in your body um, and there's, it sounds like you've kind of gathered from lots of different places and I'm curious if there's a particular piece that like lives rent free in your body for you and like like, what is something that just hit home for you that you're taking with you into this next season of your life? Mm, the knowledge. Um, I would say that it's... It's the lived experiences that I've had um, that have, like, put us, like, a spark or, like, an aha moment. And for me to carry that today, like, I would... Like, for example, oh, there's just so many that I can say that I take with me, but just, like, the, the service to community, um, to youth, seeing the impact that, like, working as a collective and that feeling of, oh, we've achieved something together when we didn't believe it, um, I take that with me. Like, those lived experiences, um, the hardship of my family um, growing up, like at certain points in time, I take that with me, um, and mm, like just a yeah lived experiences of moments. I wouldn't say it's like a person, because there's been many in my community that have helped build that for me, that feeling of love. <laughs> so good i i hear it a lot of your story and a lot of the stories that you've shared with us today remind me of the conversation that we had with rose masters last season she was talking mm. about narcoology and how to lead and um, advocate for community from from your heart space 
Mm. and how to be of service to community from your heart space. And I definitely see a, a correlation between what you're saying and what she was saying. And if you don't already know her, then please let yes. us connect you because <laughs> she is next level, man. She is so Oh, cool. she is. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Love Rose. <gasps> so good. I also am just like, so to me, I feel like I'm so do I have your permission to go there with you? Yes, of course. Okay. I really feel like the way that you are so humble and generous with your words and the way that you don't give yourself credit for the way that you action your your words is is not being represented in this conversation. And I just I just want to make sure that that I really acknowledge you and also hold space for the fact that there's so much that I see you doing and enacting that speaks so much more volumes than how you even articulate, like, how you show up and how you be in the situation. Like, when I say that I have witnessed you in so many different spaces and places, just... Because the people that are watching you are in awe of you, and I don't even think you notice. And I don't think you care to notice because that's not what you're about. But I feel like for me, as someone who notices you and has experienced your heart and experienced your humility and then have been had like have been privileged to conversations that people admire, adore and uplift you behind the scenes and and not in front of your face, because we've been in different we've been we've been working in very much a lot of different spaces and places. And I don't hear people bad mouthing you. I don't, I, I've never heard people like saying this, this and this. And it's because of the way that you show up. And it's because of the way that you mind your business, keep it moving, hold the values and move it <laughs> out of there. And I'm like, I just want to make sure that that's being reflected in this moment so that you and all of us and especially our listeners could really just get a sense feeling. And I know I shouldn't be talking on behalf of you, but I just really want to reflect to you that the community that you, that, 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 that loves and supports you as as always talking like high high praise of you and i'm i'm proud to to be someone who has been exposed to those type of stories of you and and, and i'm like those are the stories that people keep of you and i'm like if that's the leader that i know and that's the stories that people keep of my of my friend and my 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 soul family i'm like yes this is heart this is love this is where i i, I see myself Wanting to be more and in, in, in service to that. Because I feel like there's a lot of considerations that um, the bodies of knowledge of being a woman and womaning in the Pacific really silence. This is how you show up and embody that power. So um, how does that feel for you, though? Because I know that I, I, I don't want to make sure that uh, definitely and sharing all of that, I don't want to speak of your experience in that. And I want to make sure that you're understanding that this is other people's reflections of you. But how does how does that feel for you? <laughs> and do you see that or do you how do you how do you flex with that? Firstly, thank you. Um I feel very humbled that you have acknowledged um me from yeah. It's it's nice to hear. I've learned to acknowledge it and not just brush it away, so I take it. <laughs> Full receivership, full receivership, full receivership. Yeah. But I'm just like, like, ah. <laughs> she's like, 
like, I take it. <laughs> yes, I take it. <laughs> but thank you. Um, like, at the end of the day, for me, it's not about me. It's about, like, the people, the community, and, like, people before me. Like, that's just how I think and am as a person. Um, and also, like, because I'm a believer of God, like, I give all the glory that I do on this earth to him. So one of my favorite leaders, um, back in the days, Mother Teresa, she talks about let every action of mine be something beautiful for God. So whatever action that I do is not for me, but beautiful to serve the people for him because he's my creator of the universe and everything in my being. And I'm blessed with the breath of life because of him. But that's that's my pakaro, that's my whakakauka and how I think and feel and see the world when I serve. Um, and just continue to grow, um, continue to be open to learning. Yeah, thank you. It's, sorry, I didn't mean to like take that out, but yeah, no, I just want to you thank do you. It. This is this is definitely your moment because in my head I'm like, I just I just want people to understand that you might not be one to 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 talk of your of of you know. The kumara doesn't talk of its sweetness. You might not talk of your sweetness, but everybody else does. And that's a beautiful... <laughs> I mean, like, is that not the best mm. thing ever, that people talk of your sweetness more than you do? Oh, uh, to be... I, I'm I'm happy that people talk good about other people, not just me. But mm, it's important delicious. that we uplift each other um, and not waste our breath on talking bad about people like I've... I can understand, like, why, but we need to understand why the person is, you know, like, help uplift and support. But, yeah, anyway, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a true testament to, like, the people that have been part of, like, shaping you, too. Like, your parents Mm. and your grandparents and your communities that you're part of. So as much as we're, like, uffying you, which obviously it's worth and we need to do that, it's also, like, everybody else that's been part of this too. Oh, so, yes. mm. Yeah. Yeah. Kia to them because they did a damn good job. For real. Oh. For real. Yes. <laughs> I also So I guess the little segue, what knowledge is currently, like, enriching you at the moment? Oh, okay. It's new knowledge, Go I would then. say. Um, for me, it's financial literacy. Um, oh. I'm in my 30s, okay, but I wasn't taught financial literacy as a young person. And in my my current role, I see the effects that illiter- um, financial illiteracy has on our people in the community, especially mm. those mm. that are vulnerable or not making ends meet, and then the health, uh, mental health, that can come that can stem from those pressures of not being able to um, manage their money or find like solutions to better their living situation so i've been in this journey yeah that's the new knowledge that i've been absorbing um, but previous to this it was like pacific knowledge um, through my other project to help our tau iwi staff within our ministry understand Pacific culture. I learned a lot of. I, I it was a co-creation with other leaders in the community, um, from Corrections, Hamilton City Council, Kalte, um, and MSD, to and the voices of the community to um, share that knowledge of 
Pacific culture so that our non-Pacific can understand how to better engage with our people. So that was that phase, and I'm still learning bits of it, but at the moment, it, I would say it's stronger, leaning towards financial literacy, because I see, I see it affecting my own people too. Um, the effects it has can have an effect on our young people, which um, I want to help change, because I see that not only with our young people, but also our elders. Um, that can be a very long conversation from what I've seen on the ground, but all I can say is quite heart-wrenching and there needs to be some kind of um, way to like share that knowledge. It's For some it's simple, but for those that haven't been brought up, then they become a product of making decisions that don't benefit their um, life. Like loans, yeah, yeah, loans, and there's so many. Um, I've seen hundreds gambling in my work. Yep, there's gambling, there's um, going into debt, yep, and violence. Mm. Um, I've seen all of that, and I've been supporting many that have gone through those um, challenges, and I guess that's what has stemmed, um, that inspired me to take action. And another thing that I'm doing, like studying on the DLO on the side um, to help our people eventually in the future, but yeah. Love, love that. Thank you for sharing that. I also heard a theme around um, access to knowledge that, that, mm. that like these barriers and access to knowledge there. Do you want to speak on that at all? Or for, for, for either for you personally or just in your experience of, of, of access, like gatekeepers or just like, um, mm. you know, knowledge, knowledge just not so accessible to our communities, like financial literacy. That's a knowledge that's not accessible to our communities. Do you want to speak of anything else that's that, that, that knowledge is kind of like, yeah, in mm. that space for you? Because I work in that space, um, I know all the knowledge there, but the people on the other side, maybe it's not appealing to them to want to learn that knowledge. Like it's online, there's phone numbers, there's providers that provide that support. Like how are we going to bridge that gap so that they want to connect and learn that knowledge, make it appealing for them? Um, yeah. Because hmm. I guess uh, the, uh, another argument like, or the other side to that is that you're getting paid to know that knowledge, where, whereas them, they're mm. trying to find a job so they can get paid. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Or even just to be le- like taught the value of money, the value of time, like how important we use our time to um, develop ourselves. Like we can't wait for like a manager to develop ourselves. We... We need to know the importance of personal development and how growing and learning new knowledge to um, enhance our being and to our, like we have so much potential that we can just be whoever we want to be. And like we're just very privileged. We live in this era where we can be whatever we want to be. And mm, I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> not just with, yeah, that's where the financial literacy for me is. Like it's just so vast, like how it can help our people understand, like just putting 
not, not putting, but investing in themselves and their pers- personal development to grow their minds and expand that there are other forms and methods of like say earning money or learning and yeah love mm. all right so i guess we're, we're here at our um at our last question um and um <laughs> we're just wanting to make sure that um, you know, we're ending with with the FAQ. So, what is in your your FAQ around what, you, what around knowledge? So, what's in the FAQ around knowledge for you, or what what do you think they're not talking? What are we not talking about when it comes to knowledge? Mm. I would say money. For Pacifica, I'm, I'm just saying that in the Pacifica co- context, um, money is not really talked about like at home. And I, I'm, I'm just saying that because of my upbringing and the decisions that I've made and I, I, I can see others being affected with those decisions of not being taught. Yeah. That's bad for me to say. Is it bad for me just to say money? Like, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good thing. <laughs> like an energy. Like money is an energy. It can bring. Like it has good and it has. Um, if it's treated as. With the wrong intentions, it can cause harm, and and yeah. But that's just for me. Hmm. At this current point, yeah. I love yeah. that. I I really do love that because to me, I'm like. Um, there's monetary value and then there's traditional value and then there's cultural value. And I think if you mm. don't understand the relationships that separate them and the relationships that unite them, mm. you'll get confused from for, f- like between one or the other because it's like I pay you money, but then you do services for me. And I'm like actually in a, con- in a traditional cultural setting, I'm showing you how I value you by serving you. And if you're mm. going to throw money at me, or you're, you're, you're giving money at me, it's like, oh, okay, well, now money, like value has a dollar sign on it versus yes. value as an, an exchange of, of worth, an exchange of time, exchange of energy around how you show up to love somebody else. And I feel mm. like, to me, it's, it's, it's a big, massive problem within our Pacific communities in Aotearoa. So I'll be specific to Aotearoa. It's a big, massive massive far conversation for us because um money has split up families it's 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 split up relationships between siblings um friendships Mm. and it's all because both were misunderstanding what money actually does because i'm like we always see how money separates but we never talk about how money connects and not connects in a way that's an exchange or transaction but connects in a way that helps communal wealth Mm. And it's not mediated by a third party, aka a bank, because I like I just I recently just had a conversation with a bank, um, and they were wanting to implement um, relationship building with um, our communities, and I'm like, do you know how much that hurts for me to uh, to be asked that question, like, because they're not wanting a relationship, because a relationship is like about continuity, they're wanting a connection so that they can get more money out of the community, and I'm like do you understand the history of banks and 
how it affects our communities. But at the same time, that's a completely, so just wanted to offer your, your, your far cue conversation around money. Cause that's, that's a, there's a whole historical grievances attached to that. Yes. And I feel like I love that you have noticed that that's actually happening still in the front lines from 2022 and in your job. Is that what I'm hearing or am I assuming that? Yeah. Not only my job, but in the community, like in the youth community, in the like church community, in um, the this different Pacific um, ethnic communities, I see that money, um, as you've highlighted, you, you're spot on. Um, you articulated it really well. And it, it needs to be like a healthy conversations between our community so that it's not just like push to the side and like talk about things that they think is a, not they sorry that they think is important for that time but what stems from that is because we're not um, educated in how we can use that energy but in a healthy way um, that's when you look at the like if you look at the the pacific family traditional construct like we have our our parents and our the children and um, our t- elders, but then we also have church connected. But when it comes to like family and church, like church, church will always outweigh. Like in a Pacifica context, the money, and then I see there's that hardship where it comes from for our people. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm just quite. I, I think of money in in that sense that I can see, like so much so much hardship that's coming today like adults and i can see that kids just unhappy in youth because of decisions that the parents are making and then they feel they have to take that burden to um work drop out of school there's just so many things that stem from money i yeah and i feel like as as you're talking i'm i'm hearing um well, what's what's what what I'm what I'm being inspired by is that I don't think that we know how to talk about money as trauma. Mm, yeah. Like I think we yeah. people know what 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 being broke is, and people know what going without money is, but I don't think we know how to talk about money as a trauma mechanism, like a trauma mm. silencing tool. Yes. Yeah. And it can be stopped. Like they'll say, "Oh, they might bring in faith." It's like, no, we need to talk about this. Otherwise, we're not going to get over it. And have that connection again. <laughs> truth, truth, truth. All right. Thank you so much. I, um, um, if people resonate with your, your, with your, with your shares today, how do they, how, how would you like for them to contact you? Oh, hi to Maya guys. Feel free to connect with me. I'm active on Instagram. So you can just type up Amelia underscore Takataka. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out to my, my brother and sister here my my details but yeah mm. um, yeah instagram or email yes fine too amelia <laughs> go there <laughs> outlook.com <laughs> do i say that <laughs> yeah you said it already so it's, it's there <laughs> I, I was not expecting that but uh, okay thank you <laughs> um all right and then so i guess we just wanted to gift you if was there anything else that you wanted to say or you had you feel like you need to say at this moment in regards to everything that we discussed today um just over to you if you want to end with your mother tongue as well we'd love to hear that as well before we jump into our jiggle <laughs> oh jiggle. Did I say jiggle or jingle <laughs> both Jing- jingle yeah 
Oh, yeah, just whakamalo lahi atu ke homo um, daimi and for this time for us to dalanoa. Um, yeah, thank you for holding space for me to be a part of your beautiful podcast. Um, thank you. It's a real privilege to be here um, as who I am and thank you for accepting um, yeah, me to be a part of your session. So thank you guys and all the best with your season two. <laughs> um, so awesome. And for the community that are listening, um, yeah, just continue to do good in this world and um, continue to listen to FarQ because there's so much gems that we need to be educated on. So educate to liberate. Ofato. Oh, that's what a way to slam. <laughs> okay. Damn. Boom. Love that. Yeah. Let's jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Hey. <laughs> the fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you.